Welcome to Notorious Women Podcast. I'm Lavetta. And I'm Miriam. And this is the Notorious Women Podcast, a comedy podcast about some of history's most notorious women. Guys, normally we go into a, a little thing that you don't really care about, what's going on between me <laughs> and Miriam. <laughs> but today, <laughs> today we have a special, special treat for you. We have on the show today, Annie Corzin. Yes, the Annie Corzin. And after this episode, you're going to be saying, oh, that Annie Corzin, because she <laughs> is amazing. Okay. Yes. Annie Corzin, TikTok royalty. Okay. She is joining our program today to talk about her new book, The Book of Annie, Humor, Heart, and Huxpa. I know I said that wrong. From an accidental influencer. Yes. And by the time of this podcast, you will be able to get this book. It's coming out. It's being published on October 24th. So by the time this comes out, you will be able to get this book on Amazon and Audible. So go and get it. Pause this. Go and download it. Go and buy it because she is amazing. And now a little bit about Annie. If you've been under a rock or if you just are a Luddite or if you just are an idiot and you haven't been online um, or actually smart <laughs> and not been online, you probably have not heard of Annie. But if you've just been online a little bit, you've heard a little bit about her. But here are just some a few of her accomplishments. She's in her 80s and unapologetically a proud Jewish seasoned actress who's found enormous success on TikTok as a megastar. Prior to her social media ascension, however, she was most famously known for her role as Doris Klumpus on the hit series Seinfeld. That's right. The Seinfeld. That Seinfeld. OK, <laughs> but she has also performed on three different continents and toured the U.S. with her solo show. She has written humorous essays for the L.A. Times and the New York Times and has been a guest on the CBS Evening News, Dr. Phil and Oprah, just to name a, a few. She is joining us today from her home in L.A., Annie Corzin. Miriam and I are thrilled, 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 so much so that I'm like following over, falling over my words because I am so <laughs> excited to have you here. Annie, how are you? I, I'm good. And I like being here because I like the word notorious. I would like to think of myself as a notorious woman. Uh, I like that. Girl, absolutely. Yes. What was it? Who was it said something like? Things, what's the quote? You guys probably know better than I do. There's a quote that goes something like, things do not get accomplished by nice women. Something like that. I'm, I'm yes. paraphrasing it. But what is it? Do you, do you know what it's, I'm you know referring what? to? I know exactly yes, what you're referring is. to, but I, and I think I've even posted about it, but I don't remember what it is exactly. It says um, history so is seldom... It, it's history is seldom. Uh, hold on. Let me pull it, pull it up, because that's one of the reasons actually why we we started this podcast. OK, um, because, you know, to your point, notorious and we often say notorious can can apply to a woman who's doing something good as well as a woman who's doing something bad. Because anytime a woman steps out of what societal norms have right. deemed, a, a, you know, the right kind of woman, right. she she can get that moniker of notorious, you know. Um, and so yeah. that's one of the reasons behind this, you know. Um, I, I want to pull, Honey, pull I, this up. I generally do not read the classics because I, when I read, I want to relax. I don't want to make too much of an effort. Yeah. So I read mysteries. I read, you know, easy stuff. But once in a while, I decide to read a great book. So I am now reading The Age of Innocence by Edith Wharton. Oh, and, yes. Exactly. Now, she lived, she was born in the, at the, in the turn of the century. She writes about New mm -hmm. York upper crust, the turn of the century. And there's a notor and the book is about a notorious woman. Why is she notorious? Because she wants to get a divorce. Right. Because she's exactly something is her simple. husband. She's left her husband. She may have she may have left her husband for somebody else. I haven't reached that part of the book yet where that's explained. The rumors <laughs> about that. But she's notorious. The question is, are people going to allow her into their homes because of right. this sullied reputation that she has? Yeah. And yet and men can do whatever totally. they want to do it's expected. throughout okay. history. It's expected. Yeah. 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 
It's and the quote we were speaking of is well-behaved women rarely make history. Oh, thank you so much. I love that. And who who said that originally? Does it say? It says that it's attributed to uh, it's unknown. It's an unknown quote. And often it's been attributed to Eleanor Roosevelt, one of my favorite first ladies, Anne Boleyn, Marilyn Monroe, oh. and many, many others. It, it also reminds us of a recent uh, Notorious Women we had on here, uh, Mata Hari. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, like, like Miriam was saying that her husband infected her with syphilis. And <laughs> I it didn't Miriam his- was saying. Did you just say Miriam? I didn't. My husband did not give me syphilis. Look, can we be clear? No, no, no. Mata no, Hari's husband. Oh, really? As Mata Miriam was, was saying that, earlier, uh, this is how a Danish writer, um, Karen Blixen, yes. or a uh, different name, the one who wrote um, Out of Africa, her husband gave her syphilis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, well, what I was saying is that Miriam, what I meant was, <laughs> uh-huh, did not uh-huh. give my husband is clean. Okay. No, clean. <laughs> no. That, you know, it sullied her reputation, but not his. And right. he got sisters oh. for fooling around on her husband, so much so that it led to the death of one of their children. Whoa. Oh, yeah. My God. Yeah. Yeah. He's an asshole. Yeah, but, we think we uh, have problems but, with pandemics today. Can you imagine living in a time? You had to worry every time you had sex, you might be getting a terminal disease. I know. It's insane. A terminal. You know, also, I, you know, I am also an Anglophile and I love mysteries. And in the book, uh, the book of Annie, get it now, get it today. The book of Annie, humor, heart and chutzpah from an accidental influencer. Chutzpah. (laughs) Chutzpah. We we play this game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get the book today, the book of Annie. I love it in the book when you're talking about your army wives obsession. <laughs> Do it really? It's relatable. You have to understand that was a kind of a lonely period of my life. I'd left New York yeah. where I had a whole community and New York people don't really understand how neighborly and friendly New York is. If you live in an apartment building in New York, you live in a village. Everyone looks out for each other. People think of New York as this cold, unfriendly place. Not at all. If you want cold and unfriendly, move to L.A., I think. Amen. So I was here and I I had no friends and I didn't know how to meet the neighbors. And and so here's this show that's about these women on this army base and their story, their personal stories and how they intertwine and how they help each other. And and I just saw this fantasy. Maybe I would be happy living maybe I could find happiness living on a military base because I was so I just love that sense of community we all need that don't we oh yeah yeah I felt the same way when I left New York too and I left and I remember when me too that orange guy became our president bad times um wishing I was in New York because at least you could walk go to the subway and feel all the things with all the people whereas here it was it felt so disconnected right Right. When you're so sitting do, in your yeah. car, you don't really make contact with the person in the next lane. I have a girlfriend to. who was on the subway in New York, and she saw a guy reading a book that she had just finished. So she struck up a conversation with him, and a year later, they were married. How could that happen in L.A., uh, in your car? It can't, How are you going to meet a yeah. guy who likes the same book that you do? Right. Oh, don't even get me started. I'm a single gal okay. in, uh, living in L.A. It is its own personal hell. (laughs) I hear that all the time. And I keep telling men, do what I did. Get a foreigner, go to your, go to Denmark. You'll have a million men. You'll have a million men. (laughs) American men are just, they're impossible. They're impossible. Is that the secret? I felt the same way. Is is that the secret? Go, go overseas. I I do think this, well, at least in my case, I've always, I have never been appreciated by American men. Certainly not by Jewish American men. You have to understand mm. that there's a whole thing here that I'm not the man that I'm not the woman that Jewish men dream of. Right? Yeah. Annie. Yeah. Annie. Yeah. Same. Really? Same. Yeah. The thing is that when I, go I married to, a Midwesterner. I go, Italy, I go to Denmark. People treat me as if I'm attractive. People treat me as if I'm, uh-huh. a, I'm a desirable woman. I've never gotten that here in my life. 
Yeah, um, I don't know if I it's have, a thing of trying to. I'm sorry, Miriam. I don't know if it's just trying a, a thing to try and fit into the American dream, or I don't know what that is. Totally, Black men well, we, also that, have that have that problem. Totally part of it. It's totally part of it. Yeah. And when you look at it, yeah. I'm sorry to say, when you look at who rich and famous Jewish men are married to, when you look at who rich and famous Black men are married to, what do you see more yeah. often than not? Yeah, it's the same girl. And the thing about, you know, the thing with black women, because they try and gaslight us and it's not working because nowadays what they're going after are women who are getting surgery to look more like black women. (laughs) And it's very odd. Like they're getting surgery to get big butts. Is that a thing? Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a big thing. Oh, my and, God. And then they'll be like, wait a minute. Were you you black women? women? And it's like, white women are doing this? Yes. White women. Yes. Yeah. Oh my yes. God, this is a... Ice-T's right. wife, Coco. Ice-T, I mean, I don't know if Coco's had surgery, but Kim Kardashian's whole thing is that she's she's uh, she could pass for a light-skinned black woman. You know, that's the whole thing with the lips and the... You know, I remember years ago, Oprah was saying on her show, they were talking about uh, the people like, oh, it's the Paris lip. She's like, Paris lip? When I was growing up, it was the Negro lip. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, it's, it's a whole thing. And I think in general... Men try and gaslight women. And again, that's one of the reasons that notorious women has so many different meanings for different people, because, you know, we we go in on the ladies. I like a serial killer. I like a murderess. That's kind of like my thing. I love true crime, (laughs) you know, but someone like Eleanor Roosevelt, someone like Hillary Clinton, someone, you know, uh, Coretta Scott King could be considered, you know, notorious. Winnie Mandela, you know, and so... It's because society doesn't give women the space to to be all the things that men no get to kidding. be. You know, like you're saying, you know, every time like I see men, you know? um, criticisms of certain famous women, like uh, Barbara Streisand, for example, uh, yes. Barbara yes. Streisand. What you read about her all the time is how demanding she is, and what a perfectionist mm-hmm. she is, and how disciplined, right. what a workaholic. Why are those bad things? They're only bad things because, because a woman is doing it. And exactly. From my exactly. point of view, also, because a Jewish woman is doing it. She's being bossy. Yes. She's being bossy. She's yeah. being demanding. No kidding. She's a fucking director, producer. She's in charge of the world. She's got to have things done right. No kidding. She's demanding. Why wouldn't she be? In she order should to she be. Up. She's got to do her job. Yeah. And in order to be the icon that she is, when I was a kid, I and just so you know, uh, full disclosure, I have a weak spot for a prickly Jewish woman. Oh, my mm. favorite thing. <laughs> that's uh, why when we're I friends. was a kid, <laughs> that's why we're friends. <laughs> when I was a kid and I f- first saw Barbara Streisand's movies, I thought she was the best thing since sliced bread. Really? She's funny. She's of course, I thought she was beautiful. She's in the movies. She's funny. She's talented. She's entertaining. And then when you get older, you start to read about these, uh, you know, the, the the conversations around these women. As you become a, a become a uh, become a woman from a girl, you learn that unfortunately mm-hmm. that oh, being smart, being good at something is not valued. You know, all of a sudden. But yeah, the idea that and I always love that she says she never got a nose job, A, because she thought it would mess with her vocal. She's right. Pipes, you know, but I'm sure she had a lot of pressure to conform. You know, know? years ago, I was at a party in New York. And for some reason, there was a man there who was a physician. I don't know what kind of doctor he was. But he told a story. He said this young girl came to see him for something or other, and she was a singer. She wanted to be a singer. And he said to her, you know, if you want to have a success in showbiz, I think you should consider getting a nose job. And she said, no, I would never do that. And when I'm as famous as I think I'm going to be, people will admire my looks. That's how much confidence. Yep. She had. But who has that much confidence? I mean, that's an aberration. I mean. That's an aberration. <laughs> I'll tell you something about, funny about um, me and my look and my recent TikTok thing. Um, yeah. I have, there are certain things I've been told all my life. Professionally, I've been told I'm too Jewy looking. Today, if a casting call went out for an attractive older woman, I would never be seen. Because I'm not Hollywood's idea of what an attract in Hollywood, an attractive older yeah. woman is Helen Mirren, is Holland Taylor. You get what I'm saying? The other thing yeah. I've always been told, not professionally, but personally, 
is that I talk too much and that I'm too opinionated and I'm too open about my opinions. And I've always been criticized for those things. And I have believed those things all my life. I'm too Jewy looking. I'm too loud. I'm too noisy. I'm too talkative. I'm too opinionated. I've always accepted that as my flaws. Now, with TikTok, I have a whole new audience. These young kids, these millions, and they're telling me I'm beautiful. And they're telling me they love my voice. And they're telling me they love my style. And they're telling me things I have never heard in my life. So all I can say is I hope maybe, maybe that generation is more open, is more tolerant. It doesn't have that. Yeah. What? I think of all those things you said that like too Jewy, too opinionated. Those are your those are your positives. Well, as, as it you turned know, out, if I, to, yeah. I was yeah. fortunate enough that I kept being myself and then I discovered yes. that it wasn't yes. such a terrible thing. Listen, what as else? a Jewy opinionated human, thank you <laughs> for paving the way. <laughs> And, you know, I actually think uh, to that point, Annie, what is it, you know, besides I mean, because you're fabulous. Anybody who listens to you or sees you, of course, they would think that. But I I do think it's a generational thing. I do, too. Uh, but yeah. what are some. Yeah. What are some of the other reasons you think people are drawn to you and your millions of TikTok followers? You know, like, it, what do you think it, it most is? of it is a mystery to me. The, 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 the word I keep hearing over and over is authentic. I'm not sure what that means. Yes. What they mean by authentic, that I'm honest at expressing my opinions, yeah, but a lot of people are. You're authentic, you're authentic. I, I, I'm not sure, and I think, but I do think there's a new societal movement right now going on in this country that young people are finally looking to older women for wisdom and inspiration, and this did not happen before. That's another thing, yeah. that being old has also been a subject of great um, sensitivity. Like if I, I'll go into a restaurant and the waiter will say to my husband, would you care for a cocktail, sir? And then he'll turn to me and say, and how about you, young lady? So there's this generally mm-hmm. yeah. traditional condescending tone when you talk to or about older women. Now something in there is changing. I don't know if it was Betty White who did it. I don't know if it was, I mean, there are oh. some other yeah. uh, that... Um, that these kids are saying to me, I want to be you when I grow up, or I wish you were my grandma, or you inspire me. And I, I mean, I know, I know in my circle of friends, there are 20 women like me who could do what I'm doing. I just got lucky that I yeah. got the right, it's one of those right place and right time. The day of the pandemic is when I, the day of the lockdown is when I, I started posting on TikTok. People wow. Oh, that's else right. to do. The timing was right. You know, it was right. You know, I, I have right. a theory, though, Annie. And again, this is I'm glad you told that story because that's uh, one of the many fascinating stories in your book, the book of Annie humor, heart and chutzpah. Hus- I'm not going to get that word for it. Okay. From an accidental <laughs> influencer available now on Amazon and Audible. Um, I just I think, you know, I have a theory. So I have a theory that um, I feel like queer and gay culture has um, has come into the mainstream in the last 20 years. Right. Okay. And one of the things one of the things that the queer uh, community loves, they have always loved the Golden Girls. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Right. No, no, gays, well, I, yeah. are my fa- gays have always been. Yeah. I've never had a problem yeah. with that. I think because they relate to outsiders. Yes. You know, Barbara Streisand. Yes. Uh, Queer icon. Yeah. Like, they admire yeah. other outsiders. But you're right. I forgot yeah. about that. I forgot about that. Yeah. And I think and I think you're right with Betty White, because, again, they love the Golden Girls. I love the Golden Girls. I, I think oftentimes uh, femmes, women and the queer community converge on, on the things that we love, musicals. <laughs> but like I said, Barbara Streisand, yes. I mean, as a little black <laughs> girl you know from the South. Joke? Don't you know that joke? When I told this joke on TikTok, they took me off because they said it was, said, this joke is, it's an, old, it's an old showbiz joke. What do you get if you lock a Jew and a homosexual in a closet? Oh. And the answer is Broadway musical. I mean, that's an old. <laughs> they took you off of TikTok for that? It's true. I think someone reported on TikTok. It's kind of weird. I think somebody can report you as being offensive and you're automatically yes. taken off. And I was so upset by it that I, we, um, uh, what's the word? How you say in English? 
we we went back and we demanded a we we wanted them to reconsider it. I forget. I forgot. The yes. Requested it. Yeah. I what? Yeah. I I you 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 wanted them to reconsider. You yeah, right. you can right. you can appeal it. As, yeah. I appealed yeah. it. That's the word. And as soon as I yeah. and as soon as we put in the appeals, I put it back on. So I don't know how these yeah. things work. If it's robots doing these, I I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it could be just it's flagging certain words, but I I mean, it's I think that that might be one of the reasons for your success, but also you are an actress. <laughs> you are a performer, yeah. you know, and so, you know, the other ladies can't really give it the way you give it, but also you're just fabulous. Like, given your opinion, I think that a lot of young people, Gen Z in particular, I think are looking for role models. I think they're looking for uh, wisdom. I myself have always been partial to older people. I'm very close with my grandmother. I'm here actually in Florida looking after her and my grandpa for a while. Really? Really? And yeah. yeah, I've always been close to her, even when I was little, little, like just I never walking behind her. I missed out on something. I never had grandparents. That's a special relationship, isn't it? Yeah. It is. I mean, like with you and Max, you know, your grandson, I like know, who you adore. There, there's a bit of sadness <laughs> there. But I'm realizing it. Why? Because, well, because he's on the other coast. So they come Aww. here once a year and we go there once a year. But I don't have that thing that grandmas have of, I want my I want my grandson to just knock on the door and come in. And right. you know what I mean? So it's a, it's a long distance relationship. So that I don't yeah. feel that he feels as close to me. We're on good terms and we do things together and stuff. Yeah, of course. But I don't I don't feel that we're ever gonna have that closeness just just because we're so sad. I mean, we've you know, we FaceTime a couple of times, once or twice a week. But that's not that's the same. fantastic. I know it's not the same, but I I wish I could have done that with my grandparents. I grew up in LA. My grandparents were in New York one set. If oh. we could have FaceTimed once or twice a week, that would have changed the game. So I, I think it's still really good. That's It is. And I also as, think that that's one of the get, reasons, yeah. you know, other than your um, your charisma and your uh, style and your likability, I think that, you know, a lot of people are longing for that kind of relationship. And that's where I know Mackenzie hates this. <laughs> your good friend Mackenzie hates grandfluencer, <laughs> that, that moniker. I think, well, no, she, you know, you know, the funny thing is about Mackenzie. Now, Mackenzie's very young. Mackenzie, my producer, she's 30. That's how I started TikTok. I never could have done it on my own. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have had the faintest. You see how what a techno you've seen before now what a techno idiot I am. <laughs> It was a 30-year-old who convinced me to do TikTok. But the funny thing is, when we're talking about the title of the book and the publishers wanted to use the word grandfluencer, Mackenzie strongly objected because she said yeah. she doesn't like that word, which is interesting, because she said grandfluencer is made from grandma and it's only used about women. Men are never called grandfluencers. Mm. So she says mm -hmm. it's still a prejudicial term. It's still saying, oh, this woman, this old lady has been it's able to get an yeah. audience out there. But they do not use it yeah. about men. Men in their 80s are in Congress or running the country or running corporations. So uh, so she or running the that, country into the ground. That word. Well, I think also I that agree. that could be something that, um, you know, those of us who are uh, younger are, you know, even when like even when I was a kid, I love to be around uh, older people, the elderly, because you can they'll give you advice. They'll tell it to you straight. They're not lying to you exactly. like a lot of younger adults are. Yes. And I think that's what people are connecting to, you know, and I think that that's why your book, the book of Annie. Uh, uh, the book of Annie, humor, heart, and chutzpah from an accidental influencer. Um, you know, can you tell us where did the title come from for, from your book? Lots book of, of fighting, <laughs> lots of Mackenzie <laughs> and my husband and the editor, and nobody likes any title. And I actually, this is where you're blessed when you have friends. I reached out to a bunch of friends, writer friends. I said, "Can you please help me? Here are some titles. Do you like any of them?" Do you have another suggestion? And one of my girlfriends suggested this one. Okay, it's great. I you think know, it's because we, I read whatever we came up with or certain words. We didn't want to have TikTok in the title in case TikTok hmm. is there anymore a year from now. You know, right. And we didn't Smart. want to have 
I forget. It was not easy. It, it was a lot of work coming up with that title. It's funny that yeah, well, it's a fabulous. That. Yeah, it was a fabulous read. You know, I love how you talk about. Um, you know, one of the things you know we talked about uh, notorious earlier, and you know. One of the things that uh, uh, most of the ladies that we cover, most of the women that we've covered on our podcast, Notorious Women, they have something in common is that they leave a lasting legacy, whether that's horrific (laughs) or heroic. (laughs) And one of the things, you know, a lot of times I'm sure they're living their lives and it doesn't seem extraordinary, but you have had an extraordinary life, which people will get when they get your book, The Book of Annie. Um, But one of the things you talked about that I thought was so interesting and reminded me of that was the experience with the au pair, Miko, and how when she was here in the States and then when she went back to Sweden, by her her observing your, you know, loud mouthness or opinionated or or what have you, she took that to chutzpah. She took that to heart. So when she been when she went back to Sweden, she was able to do something that was very courageous. And that's directly related to her experience with you, Annie. That's interesting that you bring up that story because, you know, it's my husband is Danish. And when I go to Scandinavia, that's a place where I am really considered inappropriately opinionated. In Scandinavia, you do not express your opinions, especially if they're negative opinions. Negative opinions. You don't complain about anything, complaining about stuff. That's what I live for. You can't, you don't do that. (laughs) You don't do that in Scandinavia. You don't talk about unpleasant things. And so the the things that we make fun of today in America, Midwesterners being that way, everything's nice, it's nice, it's all very... That, that comes from the, the Midwest was settled by Scandinavian immigrants. Yeah. Oh, that is true. You're right. So that for this, for this young woman to do what she did, it was more than courageous. I mean, it was really, I mean, for a woman in Sweden to come out and dare to, to accuse a famous respected Swede of wrongdoing, she suffered for two years with the... Was the and shall I tell the story very quickly or, or of what happened? No, you tell it very tell, well, and they have to tell, get it. They tell, have to get the book, the, the book of Annie. I won't tell it. Right, that's right. Get the book. Yeah. Oh yeah, you I, have to get the book. Okay. Look, let them buy the book, baby. We all we're, right, we're trying to sell right, books here right. for you. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> don't give everything away. Don't don't give everything away. Annie, listen. I, mean, I I read your book. I was sitting, okay, I was sitting in my living room and my, the rest of my family is playing video games. And I'm in a corner with your book and I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> and my whole family was like, what is wrong? And it was like, and then my kids are like, can you explain to me what is so funny? And I was like, absolutely not. I am not. Nope. Because like your chapter on motherhood, like made me cry with joy. Like it was hilarious. That was one, the, the chapter where I talk about parenting now and then. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. I mean, honestly, like all of it, like I couldn't. And because I, I was reading it and then they were like, what is happening? And then I put them to bed and then I kept reading it and then I thought they were sleeping. And then I hear you're still reading the book from like, <laughs> I love it. This is so wonderful. I love hearing this. Thank you. Oh, I'm getting it for everyone for Christmas oh, or Hanukkah yes. or whatever. December. <laughs> And so should our listeners. I I mean, I in particular, now Miriam's a nice, she's a mom, she's a wife, she's a respectable woman. Uh, No, she's not really. I'm just, you know. Me on the other hand, I want to know about Dust Pussy, the character of Dust Pussy. Dusty Pussy. Dusty Pussy, Pussy. excuse me. It was years ago when I started out as an actor, I was in a street street theater company in New York and we would improvise shows. And uh, so we did this given characters, and one of my characters was an aging hooker, and I named her Dusty Pussy. I, I thought that was funny. That was funny. And you know who else was in that company? John Luguizamo, uh, Murray Abraham, uh, all kinds of people who had all kinds of, of stuff happen to them afterwards. Well, I mean, if and, 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 and now you wonder why. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why Annie is a big <laughs> star on TikTok because Dusty Pussy. I, I, I almost, 
I almost choked when I read that. I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, this is my kind of lady. (laughs) Now, one of the things we normally do on the show is, um, you know, basically the structure. I don't know if you know, uh, if you've had time to listen to the show, but each week I tell Miriam, a notorious woman that I've researched, and then she tells me one. And we don't know which we don't know the woman that each woman is covering. So it's, you know, it's a surprise. Now, throughout your life. Who would you consider both? Uh, and and like we said before, some of them are heroic and some of them are horrific. So who are some of your favorite notorious women who would be in the heroic category? Gee, uh, I would have to give that some thought. I would have to give that some thought. Yeah. What about the horrific category? Serial killers, uh, husband <laughs> killers, uh <laughs> Well, of course, there's the you famous know. one, you know, Lorena Bobbitt. <laughs> yeah, she's so I mean, just she's symbolically, I mean, it was just such a symbol for what every woman would secretly like to do to abusive men, you know? Right? I mean, I don't want so to hold her up as an icon of behavior you should emulate, but right. there was a lot of, there was a lot of cheering going on for that story, <laughs> don't you think? Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like, don't do that, but like, I get it. You know, like, uh, bad idea, but like, I hear you, you know? And who was it? I remember, yeah. I'm really bad. Who was I? Who was the black woman in Congress? Shirley? Shirley Chisholm. Shirley Chisholm. We've covered her. Yeah. Yeah, because I like people yeah. who can speak. I like people who can use language in a provocative yeah, gotcha. way. And she was, she was yeah. one of those, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's she's definitely been one. We also did uh, covered uh, Martha Washington. I don't know anything I don't know about if Martha you... Washington. I know nothing. Yeah. Know nothing. Yeah. She's an interesting one. She's, she's problematic. An interesting one. I mean, as a lot of older, you know, uh, uh, figures are going to be, um, you know, obviously as a black person in this country, I have a specific kind of experience and historical experience in this country that may not be in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we always want to highlight because women are complicated, right? Women get to be complicated. They don't get to be one thing, you know, I mean, often in society. So but on this show, they get to be more than one thing. Uh, uh, yes. You know? And I, I know. And I'm thinking I don't watch late night stuff. My husband does. I don't usually I don't watch talk shows in general because I like fiction because I like stories. Right. But when yeah. Samantha B was on, I thought, oh, finally, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. smart woman her. who's got something to say. And where is she? There is yeah. no she woman. She get the support she needed. There is no yeah. woman hosting a late night talk show. Not one. Right. So when at some yeah. point during one of the elections, I started watching The View. And I can't tell mm-hmm. you the response I got when I mentioned that to people. People let The View. Are you kidding <laughs> They were so, really? and, you know, if you watch The View, there are some, some women there who are so smart, who are so yeah. knowledgeable, who are so insightful. And when they have guests, they yeah. don't pander to the guests the way the late night guys do. Right. They give it to them. One, I, one Joy Behar said to one guest, I forget who he was, some slime ball. And she said, well, I use are you speaking the truth now? If you're speaking the truth now, that means you were lying when you said the opposite a year ago. Yeah. Which is it? When were you lying? Is it now or the? I mean, oh my god! And, yes. Uh, even my husband agreed that sometimes that show is the most stimulating, but it's a women's show, which means it's on during the day. And as I say, yeah. even my smart, sophisticated friends sneered. When I said, of all the talk shows, the one I really like is The View. Isn't that interesting? You know, Annie, yeah. my, my husband watches The View every single day. You're kidding. He I never, it. ever heard mm-hmm. of him. I didn't know I love that. your yeah, husband. Yeah, every day. I love your yeah. husband. He's yeah, a, Sal's he's a best. true he ally. Yeah. Unfortunately, he doesn't have a, a twin brother that I could, you know, yeah. entrap. About that. But uh, <laughs> we would have the greatest commune, though. Come on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we would. You know, um, I mean, you've done so. I just want to uh, I can't 
uh, reiterate enough how fabulous your book is. I mean, you studied script it's interpretation so with Stella Adler yeah. yes, at the group did. theater. Yeah. But you know, how, that like? what was she like? yeah. how old are you? How old are you, Lavetta, if you don't mind my asking? Uh, I am in uh, my late, late 30s. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm 47. I'm, I'm proud. <laughs> I'm surprised that you actually know who Stella Adler was. I almost. Oh, no, we were trained as actors. I, I hesitated yeah. oh, I, putting that into yeah. the book because I thought the young people, they're going to not have a clue. Uh, but they should look her up because she was a great force. They should look her up. Theater, the group theater and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, Marlon Brando, when they talk about Marlon Brando, they always say he studied with, um, who's the famous actor studio? Lee Strasberg. Not true. Uh, yeah. But his real teacher was Stella Adler. That's who he really, really worked with. That's who really. Really? Yeah. And I was obsessed credit, with those people Lee when Strasberg, I was a kid. Not Stella Adler. Once again, here we yeah. go. Here we go. Hey, once again, the, the right? woman gets pushed to the back the woman who when she's doing the all the heavy actor lifting in American, you know, in American history was a woman. The person truly was a woman. Was a woman. Stella Adler. That's we got to add her to oh, the list. We got to add her to the list. Oh, yes. You know, she, she did a great yeah. I'll tell you a great story about her. And in yeah. time in American theater, everybody was talking about Stanislavski and how do we read yeah. it? And how do we do it? And she said, you know something? I think we're going to have to go. Someone's going to have to go there and work with him and study mm -hmm. with him and say, she goes, Stella Adler goes to Russia to study with Stanislavski. She comes back and the story is, I'm sure it's a part. It's a story of she's, they're all there, all the, fa all the greats, uh, Strasbourg, and I forget who the others were in that group. Meisner. That's right. I, I studied Meisner. Yeah. I think that's, that's what I come from. Uh, they're all come. They're waiting at, they're waiting at the dock. She's waving from the boat with a big smile. She said, we got it all wrong. And that was good news to her, that now she understood what Sonasati was really about. And they had totally misinterpreted. We got it all wrong. I don't know. There's something about that story that I like. I love it because I, love I also that think story. because women, I, I've often said this, like women, we have to be brave. You know, uh, black women get the same moniker of being too loud, too opinionated. Oh, yes. People are very triggered by yes. our facial expressions because right. <laughs> we're looking at them like, motherfucker, I know you're not playing in my face. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have an attitude right, right. Um, because we're, we'll call bullshit out. And, and I think women in general, I think all women have this uh, innately within them unless it's been, you know, beaten out of right. them. Um, but like, I think that it's because women, when things go wrong, we suffer the brunt of it, right? We suffer, so excuse me? We suffer, we suffer the brunt of it, right? So if there's war, the women at home yeah. are suffering the brunt of it because they have to look after the family, they have to look after the children while trying yeah. to survive themselves, right, right. you know? And, and I love in the book how you talk about your journey, you know, of becoming the woman that you are today with millions of TikTok followers and being beloved. And how, like, you know, you really had to come to a term, you had to come to a point in your life where you could really say it and mean it and believe it. And I love, I love this sort of uh, mantra that you have when you say, when you can say no and feel very secure in it. Quote, I am so sorry, but I am not really comfortable with that. You're amazing. You yeah. really, I wish you would do my book readings because I was thinking, what do I talk about in oh. my book? And you're really much better at it than I am. I think that's an important thing. And that's one of the advantages that happens when you grow older. When you're young and you want to please everybody, you do things you don't really want to do, but you're embarrassed to say no. I have, it's taken me a whole lifetime to learn how to say no. And it's not an easy thing to do, especially for women. Men can do it. Women, can't. Yeah. they're afraid of being judged. They're afraid of being, yeah. you know, um, and the story I tell in the book is, is being invited to go camping. And I knew I didn't want to go camping. I knew it wasn't something for me, but I didn't want everyone to know that I'm afraid of nature, that I'm a city person. I thought that was a bad thing to admit to being right. a city person. Uh, right. So I went camping and in the middle of the night I had to, I had to pee and I didn't know where, the, where the facilities were. And I, I sat down in the forest and wiped myself with a leaf and the leaf turned out to be poison <laughs> ivy. And that's oh. not for not saying no.
And I didn't no. even learn my, I didn't even learn my lesson. I went through my whole life saying yes to things that I knew I shouldn't until now. So I'm going to have to live until a hundred to really <laughs> benefit of everything I've learned now. And also, you well, know, now you yeah. have the assignment. The okay. Is, I guess also when you're young, especially if you're single, you're so anxious to please uh, yes. and you care what other people yeah. think. I guess maybe, I don't know if this is true or not. I'm going to say it, not really knowing if it's true. In some ways, I don't really give a shit what people think. Which is not quite true because I do want, I'm a performer, which means I want everyone to love me. I do want everyone to love me. And I appreciate the love I get. And it's one of the reasons I do not venture into certain topics on TikTok. Like politics, right, right. Yeah. you know, certain divisive yeah. topics. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, how shall I say it? I am less concerned with other people's opinions. I, I am more... I'm more comfortable in my own skin. I am who I am, and what I am is pretty okay. It's, you know, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, but not everybody believes that. And I did, certainly didn't believe it for most of my life. I thought, I'm not what? successful enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not feminine enough. I don't know how to flirt. The, the, when I walk into a room, men's eyes don't light up. But on the other hand, now yeah. I walk into a room and people do light up because they, yes. they, they suddenly I'm somebody that people admire. And the kids that got me on the street, they're the best. My fans yeah. on the street. Now, here's another thing about realizing who you are and owning who you are. So I'm an actress and I've always done something called storytelling. You can hear me on The Moth. I'm going to be with The Moth again this winter. I'll be touring with them. So I'm used to doing... Um, uh, I've done solo shows, as you mentioned, and I do storytelling shows where storytelling shows are where people yeah. and they tell humorous personal essays. Now, I have always known being an older, educated, urban Jewish woman that my target audience was older, urban, educated Jewish women. I figured that's right. that's who that's who likes me. That's who gets me. I learned on TikTok that that was totally wrong. The people who stopped me on the street are young black kids, young Latino kids, nice. college students, gay yep. kids. Well, that, that also, I did yep. know the kids. But I mean that I had in my mind limited myself to thinking, yeah. well, the only people who will really appreciate me are yada, yada, yada. I was totally, totally wrong. And that's that's a miraculous yeah. discovery right now for me. That's inspirational. Yeah. That's really yep. real. Like the, I, I feel like there's so many lessons to learn from from that from what you discovered because I think we do limit ourselves. We define as to, ourselves like where we belong. Right. We define yeah. ourselves. Well, I'm good at this. And I'm good at this. And I'm not good at this. And I'm not good at this. And people like me for this. And they don't like this. It's all bullshit. You don't know. No, but you cannot you, limit true. yourself in those ways. I want to ask you both something that I've been thinking Bet. about lately. Yeah. And look at the Middle East. Let's not look at it too much because it's just beyond horrible. Beyond horrible. Yeah, it's bad. Now on both sides. Uh, do you think things like that will be different if if the world were one were one? By women, if the Middle East was run by women, if huh. were women in charge, yes, do you think I it do. Would be yes. different? I don't Me think too. it would be as much better as I would hope, but I think that there are certain elements that would just be problem solved. You wouldn't mess with children; you just wouldn't. Yeah. I, I, that's what I. I mean, maybe that's a controversial thing I just said, but like. And not that all men are hate children, but I just feel like it just wouldn't be part of the conversation. I do too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I think it would be more of a conversation. I mean, do you think that yeah, women th are more yeah. compassionate? Because I do. And is that very an old? I think women. I don't know. I think women are trained by society to be more compassionate, and so by the time they get to being a woman, and I like I. I have a little boy and I can see where society wants to toughen him up and where I'm going, 
No, we're all human. We're allowed to cry. We're supposed to cry. We're supposed to feel, and you, I can feel the battle I have as a mom. And you have a little, you have a, there's not a little boy anymore, but mm-hmm. um, where, where I have to argue what, what he sees in media and all that, like boys are tough and the, you know, and girls can also be tough, dude. And like, but I do think that now we do live in a society that encourages boys to be one thing and girls to be another. Mm -hmm. And therefore we are, we are uneven. That's, and, and we need to even it out. And maybe for the time being, just like, take all the men who run things and replace them with women. I don't oh, know. I'm just boy, I would love to see that day. I really, really <laughs> I, would. I really would. I mean, I have a different theory. Okay. I think okay. that it would be less war. But remember, there's Margaret Thatcher. There's uh, uh, yeah. de Blanco. Oh, uh, yeah. She's <laughs> um, terrible. I think that, um, I think that, you know, there's an old proverb that, you know, educate a girl and you rise up a family, educate a boy and you just rise up the boy. Okay. Because and I don't know if it's, it's, you know, women, girls are socialized to think of others, you know, and in their thought process, they are thinking of others. So I definitely think it would be less war. Would there be no more war? Because there's unreasonable women. But I think that women are forced if they have any kind of compassion to think about, you know, the children or the extended family, the parents, whereas men are, you know, socialized to think of themselves, You know, so if even though I'm president or prime minister or what have you of this country, what do I want to do? What do you know? It matters how I feel about it, you know, and and other men who look like me. And I think women more often than not, I don't even think it's a genetic thing. I think it's how we're socialized. Yeah, Um, I do too. Uh, but I do think it would be less war, but I definitely think there'd be war because there's some crazy bitches out there. There's some (laughs) some bitches who... Who need to be killed themselves? I, 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 I just, I mean, some people need. Like I said, Margaret Thatcher. I had no idea how terrible of a person she was you didn't until see I Billy got Elliot? older. Billy Elliot taught I, me everything I need to know about her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you talk to actual English people, and they're like, "Oh, oh no, she yeah. was just like." And it was, and I also feel yeah. like part of that yeah. comes from her wanting to emulate manliness, a masculinity, the toxic part of masculinity, right? Because, you know, we're all straight cis women here and we all um, who love straight cis men or cis men or straight men or whomever, mm-hmm. I, don't, I really can't uh, just, you know, assume, but, you know, and there there are some good parts of them that we love, you know, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of the, the toxicity, I think, is encouraged by society and they're rewarded yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you know, they don't really suffer the consequences until recently. And that's why that whole, you know, being canceled is complicated. Well, you know, the thing is, the thing is about men and women, I was thinking, I do, I think I do say it in the book. Traditionally, in the old days, if you gave a dinner party, you're supposed Mm -hmm. to seat the people at the table, man, woman, man, woman. I don't do that anymore. I have the women and the gay men at one end of the table and the men at the other end because I finally faced the fact that I'm going to say it. Basically, men are boring. They talk about boring things. It's because the <laughs> men do not get, you know, the way you two met happens a million times every day. Women connect yeah, yeah. and five minutes later, they're telling their life secrets and sharing and, and commiserating yeah, and empathizing. Men exactly what happened. Yeah. So one end of the table, the men might be talking about sports or politics, what's going on in the news or something. And at the other end of the table, we will be talking about the important stuff, the stuff that like we've been talking about here today. And, right. uh, Listen, and realized, you can invite us to your dinner parties anytime. That sounds fun. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> if, only I, if only I gave dinner parties. The problem is I love having people over, but I, but I hate entertaining and I hate cooking. You know why? Because I hate <laughs> the time that it takes. I spending the time yeah, on that. Yeah. I love being with people and putting groups together. That I love. But I don't know how to deal with the domestic part of it. I've given up on that. Well, I've tried to Annie, I order pizza you- and no one complains. <laughs> that's actually <laughs> no, what I did at my last week party. I just ordered pizza. There you go. And I felt yeah, like just a, and on the one hand, I felt like a failure. Because again, the no. competition, some of my friends are such serious cooks. And they, you go to there, they have made the bread themselves. They had made the ice cream. Oh, so oh no. You come to my house and you're getting pizza and we'll throw together a salad. So, so I'm not yeah, saying as long as there's there. booze. Domestic goddess <laughs> list. But, 
no, no, no. I, I just can't. I can't do that competition anymore. I just can't. Yeah, why should to. you? But yeah, I mean, this is why your millions of TikTok followers love you because you. This has been a treat. Thank you so much for joining us. I loved it. I loved talking to you too. I loved it. Can I can I come every week? Can I just come every week? You can come and, as often as you like. <laughs> you know what? I say yes. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what let's start off by uh having people get the book which you can get yes. again the book of annie humor heart and chutzpah from an accidental influencer out now you can it's available on amazon and audible so go and get this book laugh learn something because i also she also uh annie also gives a uh which i love i love practical uh, uh, lessons in a book. She gives a practical lesson on how she gives advice on public speaking, which I love. Oh, in the book. yes, that's, that's right. Oh, I forgot. I should have. Yes. Oh, oh, there we go. Okay. Yes, the book of Annie. Love, love, love. So. Listeners, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Notorious Women, this very special episode of Notorious Women with the fabulous Annie Corzin. Annie, where can they find you on TikTok? What's your handle? Is it a Annie Corzin? A Corzin. A Corzin? Yeah. A and that's A-K-O-R-Z-E-N on TikTok. She, you will not be disappointed. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, get the book, The Book of Annie. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Annie. We this was such a treat. I loved it. I really oh. enjoyed it. I love. Listen, why wouldn't I enjoy it? The thing I love most in the world is talking about myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> and we love listening to you <laughs> talk really about do. yourself. Yes, thank you so much, guys. And guys, remember to follow us on all the things. Um, you can find us at notorious notoriouswmpod at gmail.com. You can find us at Notorious uh, Women Podcast. Annie, stay on, on line IG. one second. Yeah, I, I, I um, want to. And, I want to ask you something. Oh, yes. And Sorry. you. No, 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 Miriam, I will give you the floor. And also, you can uh, follow us on Patreon if you want to support oh, the yeah. show. Follow us on Patreon slash Notorious Women. That's P A T R E O N dot com slash Notorious Women. And Miriam, uh, I you normally wrap this up, but I think I may have I- overstepped. Because <laughs> no, I'm just so excited to have Amy I don't know. Here, did so. we say notoriouswmpod at gmail.com? I don't even know. Yes, also, yes, TikTok. Did. did you say TikTok? We're on TikTok too. We're not as interesting. I'm not going to lie. No. <laughs> but we are on TikTok. It's Notorious Women Podcast uh, and Instagram, Notorious Women Podcast. Yes. Find us there. And, wraps it up. and guys, we will see you next time. Thank you so much again, Annie, for joining us. And guys, we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Bye. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.